Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It, it, it's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm-hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this holy crap they're coming teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was attached. When I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom, I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 385, Trumpets and Turkey Talk, with Mark Prudham, and I am your co-host, and the guy who feels like Dr. Frankenstein. And I am your co-host and the guy who is baffled. Mm-hmm. What you baffled I'll, about? Let me save mine. Let's get let's get Dr. Frankenstein out of here. What what's going on, man? Turkey season starts on Friday. You should be just I mean, full of energy. Oh, I am. I am absolutely full of energy. So I'm the guy who after putting a lot of pieces and parts together and putting a new battery in Saturday afternoon stood at the open garage door cried out with his hands in the air she's alive alive <laughs> the turkey mobile will it go Mach 5 now 
with the new engine. <laughs> I've got to tell you that I knew that it was going to be something much better, but I had no earthly idea. You know, you see the videos on YouTube of these 17, 16, 17-year-old kids going 40 miles an hour on these things. <laughs> Holy cow. It's not a joke. You're going to be out running them on the silent machine. <laughs> that thing will fly. Oh, my gosh. People it, on your hunting club are going to be sitting by a tree and just feel a waft of wind come by. No, no, Andy just went by on the road. They're not going to be able to see it or me <laughs> because we're both dressed in camo. They'll just see gobbler feathers trailing something. Trail of feathers <laughs> floating in the wind. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm that telling is you, freaking awesome. I put that thing together and I felt like Saturday I was taking one step forward and two steps back because I'd get something put on like the new chain and sprocket. I get it put on and then I'd realize, hey, that sprocket protector, a little plastic gasket that goes around the, the sprocket is not going to work with this new sprocket. So you have to pull the back wheel and the chain off and take the sprocket off and that's the hardest thing because you have such a small amount of workspace to get in there and take that sprocket off so you know after putting the new sprocket on and putting the little plastic protector around it i realized that's not going to work had to pull it back off there so one step forward two steps back and i didn't feel like i was ever going to get there but i got it i got the motor put in battery put in the brains put in the throttle, the starter, or I should say ignition, and I just had wires hanging everywhere from it. Threw the seat on there. It was not even screwed in. It was not fastened to the bike at all. It is sitting on top of the bike, and I'm sitting on the seat. Fired that thing up, and off we went for two laps around the neighborhood in about .06 seconds. That thing, it will get a wheelie. I mean, there's nothing to make me believe that if you were at at standstill and throttled down all the way down from the start that you wouldn't be able to get a little airborne on the front of that bike. So (laughs) it's bad. It is real bad. That's cool. You got it done right in time. Yeah, I did. Not a second too soon. Good deal. Yeah. What are you baffled about? I read a story of a boy from Arkansas who went turkey hunting this season, and it absolutely baffled me. Well, it wasn't really (laughs) turkey hunting, though, was it? (laughs) Turkey smack. I'm sure for for his Instagram, it was turkey hunting, man. (laughs) Turkey smacking. this guy wanted to kill a turkey so bad, and I, in my mind, I have to think it was so that he could get the picks for the ground, you know, mm-hmm. that he broke out, you know, we talk about TSS on here, but this guy broke out the straight stone cold cast iron Yeah, and killed a pet gobbler with a pan in some dude's fenced in area. Mm-hmm. A cooking pan, like yeah. a skillet. Yep. He beat a gobbler to death, a tame gobbler to death with a skillet, and got caught. And so he is 
apparently getting the book thrown at him. He got animal cruelty and, I mean, all kind of stuff. (laughs) Trespassing. I just, and I mean, I hate it for the Arkansas people, but everybody on there, you know, on social media is like, it would be a guy from Arkansas. (laughs) Well, it, it could be a guy from anywhere. You know, it's just, and look, I know it's an isolated incident that it's not happening, you know, rampant all over the across the country but you could say that well that's i guess the end result of pressure that people put on themselves due to social media that we would not necessarily have if not for social media yeah that has to be the root cause is all i can think of i mean i don't see why anybody else ever would kill it tame turkey with a cooking pan unless it was to try to get some pictures for it because when i first heard it i thought it was like you know one of these albino fat looking tame gobblers it it looked like a wild gobbler the the one in the pen you know it it looked like an eastern turkey so but good gosh i just i can't believe it i mean that that just blows my mind but hey you know it all panned out for him and he's going to jail now so I wonder, I mean, I did see the picture, but I wonder if he actually used a Copper Chef square pan as seen on TV. Because those things will do anything. I'm telling you what, man. I've, I've been worried about people reaching out too far with TSS. I'm, I'm swapping gears now. They're, <laughs> they're killing them with dead gum pants. I mean, that's, if you're looking for the reason for the decline... We found it. You heard it here first. Pan All killers. you people who are anti-TSS, anti-decoy, you know, anti-anything that helps people kill turkeys, you ain't raised. killed one until you killed one with a frying <laughs> pan. All right? That's so it. Don't be out there acting like you're so bad and you're the best turkey hunter to ever <laughs> walk the face of the earth until you just flat smacked one upside the jaw and killed it dead with a frying pan. That's it, man. That's it. I, I'm getting out my strutter suit this weekend. I'm going to get out there with my frying pan. I might carry two just in case he comes up on my left side. I can still get him, you know? <laughs> that does absolutely do away with that left-hand, right-hand issue, you know? Yeah, if he comes dead down central, I'll just, you know. Whack him like with both. The, like the monkey with the, with the, symbols, the symbols, you know? <laughs> <Bing>. <laughs> Uh, I'll get off this, but I just can't get over it, man. When I first heard it, I thought, this is totally made up. But I have seen from I don't know how many sources now that it is 100% confirmed true. This guy beat a turkey to death with a pan and a pen. Well, I'm going to say this. You know, go easy on him. We don't want to run off our one listener. And so, you know, I, I think <laughs> he learned he can, it from a, he learned from the best. <laughs> I think he can still download the show from from jail. So. <laughs> oh man! Well, past that, we are turkey season's on us, man. You're cranking up in what one day now? One Two days? Day nine hours, fourteen minutes, and naught seconds. Heck yeah! And I'm. I'm on and off. I'm not on a daily grind right now because I've been on dad duty for the past three mornings, but I'm planning to try to go for an hour or so in the morning. But I got my first big trip coming, yeah, leaving Friday. Yeah. So 
excited about that. And, you know, it's crazy. I'm going back to Alaska. Should be a big time trip. And that's to you a new for state for you, though. Yes. Yeah. It will be to a new, new portion of the United States. Yeah. But, you know, that'll be fun. I'm excited about it. You know, there's just a, I'm not going to say pressure because I am getting better about just realizing it's going to be a fun trip no matter what happens Mm -hmm. but there is that little bit extra you know this is towards achieving my goal pressure of trying to get that turkey so yeah i'm excited about it yeah well you're gonna have a good time i have a feeling it won't take you too terribly long to put a check mark by that state and then you'll be there for a few more days and can enjoy yourself and relax and maybe you'll get to see a few sights yeah yeah it's playing i'm flying out there so it'll be four days, four and a half days or so are booked. So it's, if I kill the first day, I'm there. If I don't kill at all, I'm there, you know? So yeah. <laughs> it's it's not one where I'm going to be able to bounce around. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, but I'm super pumped about it. And I'm pumped about this week's show because I probably haven't heard half of it, to be honest, because I was taking care of Josie the whole time. <laughs> well, we have our Josie Weddington Turkey Hunter podcast debut this yes. week. And so you guys will finally get to meet Josie and get to hear her thoughts on some of the things that our guest, Mark Prudham, had to say. And, yes. you know, uh, I'm excited to play this episode for you guys because this dude's unreal. I mean, he is a machine when it comes to calling, and not just turkey calling. And not just one specific type of turkey call. No. I mean, it's that's what no. he blows my mind. Yeah. You know, most, most competitive callers, they work on the diaphragm call, and some of them work on a friction call, and, you know, they'll compete in, in the diaphragm and the, the friction. And actually, I guess... Your grand nationals are not just diaphragm. You can you can enter any yeah. turkey call on that, and you know a lot of people will use a pot and peg style or a pur pot, you know, for for a lot of their soft calling and that kind of thing on the stage. Yeah. Use some Matt, sort of a friction Matt call. Matt Van Seis did uh, the fight purrs with two flake calls three years ago, I think. Yeah, and and so it's not unusual, but Mark is a master at the tube. The trumpet, the diaphragm. I'm gonna guess he can probably scratch out a yelp on a pot and peg call. Just guessing. The duck call, the elk call. Yeah. The, the goose call Predator. with the turkey call. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. The, the list goes on. It. I gotta tell you, at NWTF, we also have a show we'll do with Mark Perdome again from the NWTF. But when he hit that tube call, I was like, "Holy crap! This yeah. guy is." His Jake Yelps and that gobble on the end of the tube call was just like, I mean, it was like a turkey standing up there on the stage. Yeah. I mean, I could hear it. You know, it was incredible. But, and then the trumpet is just, he he's really good at them all, but for some reason that trumpet in his mouth is the most turkey thing I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I would hunt that. Oh, he... You know, he and Denny Gulvis say you can't tell or that you will never mistake a real hen for a person. Well, Mark Perdome with a trumpet call in the woods, I think he could probably fool a couple folks. (laughs) 
<laughs> he would fool more than a couple. You're correct. D- Denny Galvis would be recording him thinking he's recording him. I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would be the ultimate compliment, would it not? That's, that's what we need to do. We're going to put Mark Prudhomme in a full flock of hens in the woods with the trumpet, and, and we'll see if he can pick him out. We got That's the experiment. Yeah, yeah. He is as good as I have ever heard anyone on a trumpet. I mean, he's just amazing and it's you know i think and it's something that i'm i'm trying to practice a little bit i'll i'll never get there i mean we've talked about this a thousand times so i'm not going to beat it into the ground again but i don't practice like mark or other competitive callers practice so when i say i'm practicing you know what i'm talking about i'm practicing like the average turkey hunter practices but I'm trying to practice with the trumpet in mixing my calling up, my calls, I should say, up enough to where it sounds like a real hen calling, you know, because she's not just yelping six times or five times or eight times and then doing the same thing again and, you know, a couple of clucks in between and then five or eight yelps and then doing the same thing again and then a couple of clucks you know there's that mix up there's that you know and the variation in the yelps and the cadence a little bit and up and down and the excitement and then pulling that back and you know and it's and it's all within kind of the same series of calling and he's a master mark is at that with the trumpet and i'm just trying to get i mean you know one one thousandth of that into my trumpet calling and I can't quite get it and I don't know what it is I don't know why it's so different you know doing that with a diaphragm okay well that's you know does it take a little practice yeah but really not that big of a deal but with the trumpet I'm having a much harder time and I think it's because you know if you're going to go loud and soft you know it's it's hard to pull that for me it's hard to pull that down it's like I'm having to think about it but it's because I haven't practiced with it as much as Mark has. So anyway, I'm trying to get there. Like I said, if I can get to be one one thousandth as good as he is with a trumpet, I have a feeling there'll be a lot of turkeys dying on the <laughs> on the bell end of that trumpet. Oh yeah, I have no doubt. I've I've heard you on the trumpet. I've heard a turkey gobble at you on the trumpet. And that yeah. was that was over a year ago. So you've had more practice since then. Oh yeah, I can't I can't say that I have not been practicing, and I cannot say that. I don't think I can call in a turkey to kill it because I I really believe I can. And I'm going to do it this year. It's going to happen. Only We'll have audio to prove it. Only with the trumpet. Now, <laughs> again, I'll have my crow calls and you know, oh, my, yeah. my other locator calls. Your turkey calls. sounds yeah. will be from the trumpet. Exactly. But Excellent. That's that's one of the goals. And we talk about that a little bit on in the interview as well with Mark. And, you know, we talk about a bunch of other things that me and Mark and Josie discussed in the interview, or we can just jump in it and go. Yeah, let's hop in there and listen to Andy interview Mark and me hold Josie. So here we go. <laughs> we'll see you guys on the other side. Hey, everybody. Cameron and I are glad to tell you guys that we have on the line with us today Mark Prudham. And Mark, in case you guys don't know who he is, is like a, a master caller not just turkeys, but really all animals. And he's a turkey call maker, an 
avid, avid, or maybe I should even go rabid turkey hunter, obviously, and just all around good guy. And Mark, over the years, has amassed 17 Grand National titles. Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's five in the owl and 12 in turkey calling. Turkey of some sort. That's correct, yeah. Some right. of those goblin. Goblin or... or, or just, yeah, yeah. And then eight world championships. Won the Grand America two times. He is a championship duck, goose, elk, predator, turkey, owl. What else am I leaving off, Mark? There's like 19 other species. Chupacabra. <laughs> what uh, dragons what else yeah if it breathes you can call it in he, he's well, dr doolittle of, of animals i don't he know how well to. i can do it but i do like to make noise that's for sure that's what my wife says anyway <laughs> <laughs> well i i got the pleasure of meeting mark i guess for the first time about three or four years ago at unicoi and you know you can't you can grab Mark for a couple of seconds, but Mark's getting pulled in 30 different directions at, at a show like Unicoi or even NWTF. It's hard to hard to keep him occupied for too long a period of time because he's got other obligations. But, you know, just have, have had the pleasure of talking to him off and on throughout the over the course of the uh, of the past several years. And I think he came on at Unicoi was when you had that trumpet that was that you were auctioned off for the KT team I think it was modeled after the the Sweet 16 yeah the model 12 of model 12 that's right Pat Strouser and I did a set he did a it was his idea he came up with a model 12 box call and I said well why don't I you know build a model 12 trumpet which kind of resembled the forearm on an old winchester model 12 yeah. which is one of my favorite shotguns and so we put that set together and donated it to the kt team to auction off to uh to try to help those guys yeah and that those calls were just so cool they're just really really cool so anyway we're glad to have mark on with us today we're going to talk wild turkeys I know you guys listening are probably surprised to hear that, but <laughs> we're we're gonna go in here. I, I've I've already talked Mark into doing a rapid fire Q and A. He's been warming up, and so he's he's a very competitive person. For those of you who don't know him, he used to race motocross and has you know started competing in turkey calling championships and really I guess all these game animal calling contest back in about 89 and you know he's a competitive guy so he's going to try to beat our world current world champion at the rapid fire q a so we'll see how that goes but mark thank you sir for taking time out of your day to come on the show and talk to us how are you i'm doing great i appreciate y'all having me on and i always enjoy listening good good deal thank you yeah, we're glad to have you on the show, and I'm looking forward to picking your brain. So it's going to be fun. Have you heard a turkey gobble this year yet? I have. I'm in the woods right now. Um, I, I tell you, uh, they're 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 pretty much fired up in South Carolina. Mm, really good to hear. A lot of folks in Mississippi wish, wishing that that was the case there. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's apparently pretty quiet in that part of the world. Yeah. I saw two different groups of hens yesterday 
solo, not a male in the group. Wow. Mm. And mm. yeah, so don't know, don't know. And there was not a whole lot of goblin going on, but I don't think it was a great goblin day anyway. Yesterday, well, it yeah, was where we were. It was here this morning. I, I heard one or two birds, but it was kind of foggy and wasn't wasn't a great morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, if they're not ready right now in whatever part of the country you guys live in, they will be soon. That is for sure. So, and absolutely, we, we know we're ready. I was ready in <laughs> August, in July, I was ready June first. Heck yeah! Better believe it. So good deal, Mark. Well, again, thank you for coming on with us. And let's jump in if you want to do this, if you're feeling up to it and think you can beat our current champion, who is Braden Henniger. I don't know if you know Braden or not. He's the critter getter. And yeah, yeah so you do know Braden. He is yeah. he is a character, but he just curb stomped Ron Jolly. And beat him by over two and a half seconds on the rapid fire Q and a. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this jolly had been practicing. I think he had tests reading questions to him every night for like three months, just practicing and getting conditioned for the rapid fire Q and a with us because he felt like he was, he felt like I'd, I'd padded his time the last time he was on by about a half second. So he wouldn't win, but I can't confirm that or deny that I did that. But anyway, if you're up for it, I'm I'm looking for the stopwatch now on my phone, and we'll get going with this thing. I'll do my best. I don't know how fast I can talk. May may not be the quickest, but I'll I'll give it a shot anyway. All right. Well, I'm going to start the stopwatch as soon as I start the first question, and we'll go with this thing. And you just want me to answer as quick as I can? As quick as you can, and I'm going to try to read these questions as quickly as I can. Okay. All right. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? None. Number of grand slams? None. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? No. Have you ever killed a jake? Yes. A 10-minute successful hunt on a two-year-old or a four-hour-long hunt with a clean miss on a four-year-old? Four-year-old. Favorite camo pattern? Mossy oak. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? Dinner. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Less. State you killed your first turkey in? South Carolina. State you killed your last turkey in? South Carolina. Sit in a blind for four hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for one hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Osceola. Osceolas or Easterns? Eastern. All right. Fields turkeys or woods turkeys? Woods. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight or beads? Bead. Rubber boots, hiking boots, or snake boots? Snake boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Swamp. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? The limit. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? One. Out of all of the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? South Carolina. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? Yelp. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? Two. Favorite turkey hunting book? American Wild Turkey by Henry Davis. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? Uh, me. Think of the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? No. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Long spurs. The biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? Patience. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? Unlimited. Have you ever left a turkey hunting buddy because he or she overslept and was late? Absolutely. <laughs> well, 
You just beat up on a 16-year-old. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> man, you crushed that. So, uh, all right, I'm going to I'm going to tell you your time in a second, but I have a question for you because I skipped one and replaced it with another one. So, okay. I asked you the question of Rios or Osceolas and you chose Osceolas. I asked you for Osceolas or Easterns, and you chose Easterns. The one I skipped was Easterns or Merriams. So uh, you said you have zero Grand Slams. What do you lack to complete your Grand Slam? Well, you know, I get asked that all the time. And I haven't killed a Merriams, and I haven't killed a Rio. And I've had a million opportunities to go and do it. Yeah. But I, I tell people all the time, I can get beat up on by turkeys right here at home <laughs> within five minutes of my house. Um, plus, I, I, that's a whole other story, but I don't fly. So okay, it makes it a little bit more difficult to get around. But if I can drive there, I, I'll hunt. But, uh, you know, I'm just not, like I say, I mean, I've had every opportunity to go all over the country. And uh, I just... I just really enjoy hunting local birds and places that I've always hunted. There is yeah. nothing at all wrong with that, you know, and, and, yep. and listen, I'm, I'm one of those trying to complete a super slam. So I'm, I am traveling and I love to travel and hunt and I love to just travel period, but you do have a point, you know, some of the favorite places I've ever hunted have been within a two hour drive of my front door and right here in the state of Alabama. So yeah. Yeah. You can travel all over the country and get your rear end kicked there or you can get it kicked at home. You're exactly right. Well, yeah. Um, and the hardest thing that I think that I do is hunt behind myself. You know, if I, if I mess a bird up or don't kill one and fool with him a long time, sometimes he's kind of hurt everything I got. So, uh, it, it kind of makes me want to keep going back and trying to trying to beat him usually you know that doesn't always happen yeah yeah that leads me to a hundred other questions but i got to tell you your time first (laughs) (laughs) so our previous record holder was braden henniger with two minutes and 30.14 seconds and you beat him by almost 13 seconds wow two minutes 17.48 seconds i mean that's but Mark, that's not even close. Nobody else is even close. That's well crazy. I'm usually not known as a fast talker, but I guess you kind of gave me a heads up that I needed to be kind of quick. Well, yeah, and I'll tell you this. I just did these same questions for a uh, backcountry hunters and anglers event that they had in Birmingham this past weekend. And I did a little turkey talk over there. And one of the guys wanted to read the questions for the rapid fire Q&A to me. And I don't even think I beat 217. And I know the questions. So, <laughs> so that's that's strong. That's real strong. So good deal. I appreciate well, it. Cameron's going to put a check in the mail to you from him. I think it's a hundred thousand dollars is the prize, Cameron, that that you're gonna mail yeah. out to to Mark. For yeah, as soon as soon as you put that in my Turkey Hunter podcast account, I'll get that sent out. Mm. <laughs> Mark, Mark, go hunting and don't wait by the mailbox. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think one of my 
one of my favorite answers you gave because most of the time when people ask favorite place you've ever hunted people answer with a state or region and i liked yours swamp i'm, yeah. I'm with you that's my favorite place to hunt man there's the swamp and then there's everything else as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah. I love swamp birds. That's just my favorite. I just like to hear, you know, the swamp just has a, a whole different sound. And I I just, I always enjoy that. Oh, yeah. I'm with you there. So we, obviously, we have Josie Weddington joining us for the show today as well. I think it's her first time on the show, Cameron. <laughs> yeah, I'm on dad duty, so I'm doing my best to mute myself out and pace with a child right now so well it's I it's you, a complicated deal but <laughs> she she's not bothering me <laughs> she's not bothering me a bit so welcome hey, to the show let me, you, let me tell you i used to have dad duty and go turkey hunting too and uh, it, it's kind of hard to keep them quiet when you're trying to call a turkey in but you know, <laughs> call on top of them i guess <laughs> Yeah, when they when they start making noise, um, you, you just got to call. That's all you can do. But yeah. I, I, I remember those days for sure. That's, that's pretty funny. Mark, what got you interested in all these different types of calling? I mean, elk, duck, goose. I mean, shoot, you know, you, you do pretty well run the gamut. I mean, and look, you know, an owl and a turkey, everybody listening to the show's done those calls a million times but you know so we we get that but uh, i'm i'm assuming you grew up or still do some duck and goose hunting well it, it you know i guess i was a squirrel hunter and duck hunter you know as soon as i could walk my dad took me to do those things and i think i mean i think squirrel hunting is probably the basis for all hunting in general you know yeah. it teaches you to be quiet and listen and sit still a lot of times but you can move too when you're little so i I think that that that's uh you know a lot of people's starting point but i guess i started uh i guess i started duck calling more when i was 14 years old i got asked to help guide on a piece of property on a plantation and uh, and honestly i've been doing it ever since i still i manage the plantation now i've been here for over 40 years so i haven't ever left so it's been a part of my life since i can remember and duck and waterfowl was always a big thing we didn't have any turkeys to mount anything and there was not a season until you know i was in high school and i started hunting well actually there wasn't a, a season in georgetown county at that time and i used to have to go to charleston county and go to the francis mary national forest Mm-hmm. And you asked me who taught me how to hunt, and you know, I guess I guess I taught myself to hunt turkeys, but I had some help with, you know, I had some some old timers. You know, you, it was hard to pry information out of them, but I would try to learn everything I could from some of those older guys that 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 hunted back in those days. And um, man, it it just, uh, you know, turkeys started doing real well in the open season and i had a head start on a few people that, that you know that had just started so um give me an opportunity to go and hunt a lot of places and take a lot of people and, and then i started turkey guiding and guided for many years and uh i'm telling you if you want to if you want to learn to be a you know the best turkey hunter you can you know you you, you got to guide because you got to go if it's raining you got to go if it's cloudy or foggy or hot or cold 
um, you, you learn real quick, you know, what to do and or what not to do. I've probably learned more not what not to do turkey hunting than anything. Yeah. Well, I can write a book on what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excellent at what not to do. But you're right, you know, in, in the respect of guiding, because you've got to be quick to adjust to certain situations. And, you know, you, you can't have a lot of uncertainty if a bird, you know, kind of circles you and starts coming around you. You've got to get your hunter repositioned or, you know, try to get that bird to swing back around the other direction. You know, you just you're you're like on another level of you know, trying to outthink that bird because you're trying to get get well, that turkey sure, within yeah. range for your client. Yeah, it's it's a lot harder. Number one, if I make a bad decision, you know, I I just live with it. But I don't want to make a bad decision for for a guy that I'm trying to get a turkey, and you know, and and especially when they say, "Oh, you made a bad choice on that." But turkey hunting is just instant decision making. That's all it is. It's just constant. Yeah, and you you, you really don't learn by anything other than making mistakes and you know when you're taking people you, you got a whole lot more moving parts you got to worry about hiding them you got to worry about making them be still or or you know possible movement so you learn how to set up on turkeys so that you know if they're looking at you or looking where the calling is you can kind of distract them from maybe the hunter moving or doing something like that but you know most most of the people that i've taken over the years are pretty good hunters and uh and that that always makes it a whole lot better yeah yeah no doubt it's got to be frustrating to take those people that show up with camo clothes with the tag still on them boots still in the box and a shotgun that hadn't been shot or patterned <laughs> yeah I, I could write a book on um on on turkey guiding for sure or all kind of guiding but yeah i've had people show up with white tennis shoes and um no of course a lot of them don't have face masks or gloves some of them don't have a gun you, you have to just kind of make sure you got everything covered but i wouldn't trade it for anything i, I think it's uh it's taught me a lot about you know turkey hunting for sure yeah patience <laughs> yeah patience that just you know, magnifies patience yeah met, not just in the turkey of, sense yeah but i've met i've met some of the, the best people and some some of my best friends through through guiding all these years and you know i wouldn't trade it for anything yeah no doubt so on the calling front you've got championships and calling elk and predators and everything so i mean i i think i kind of led you astray on that question what got you interested in calling these other critters that that you didn't start out hunting or or you know may or may not have ever hunted well i you know just like a lot of people i i enjoy trying to you know you can take a turkey call you can take a diaphragm call and do an elk a coyote um turkey of course um wood duck i mean you can do a lot of different things on a diaphragm call if you you know bored enough and you <laughs> spend enough time rolling with it. you know just kind of doing stuff like that and then i'm you know kind of competitive so i would enter other contests and just see how i would do and um the nra contest was a real big deal you know years ago and it was seven different species so you know not being an elk hunter i had to learn a lot about elk vocalizations and i'm, I'm really a student of of 
you know, sound more than anything and trying to learn the different sounds and everything. And then I'm kind of a, a obsessive compulsive on some of that stuff, I guess. So I, I kind of work at it until I figure it out. But, you know, some of that stuff's pretty tough and um, to, to learn all of it is, is really, really kind of difficult. Um, it, it's, and and I, I didn't master any of it. I just tried to do enough to, to, to be proficient. Yeah. So you you mentioned a couple of things that brought up a couple of questions for me, but I've got one that, you know, I keep keeps popping up in my head, so I'm gonna go ahead and ask it now. The you mentioned being able to to take a turkey call and do all you know, several different kinds of animals call you know, predator calling, coyote howling, obviously turkeys, you can you can do a goose call on that i mean you you can do a lot of different things with that so most of these other contests that you or other you know the the other animals that you were calling in those contests were you using diaphragm calls on those or what were you blowing in most of those other duck call of course and and duck goose call and goose and uh you know i always built uh my own owl hooters from night and hail stuff and mm-hmm. and then you know diaphragm for for the other stuff you know deer I, I would have you know just modify some grunters and different things try to do different things with bleats and stuff like that but yeah use a diaphragm for sure where i could but you, you have to you have to use what sounds the best which is usually a duck or goose or something like that yeah are you a musician? I mean, obviously, I, I would have to say you are in the respect that you can play all these different types of callers, and that does make you a musician, but, you know, in the traditional sense, I guess not. So in the traditional sense, are you? Do you play any instruments? Well, I don't. Um, I I do think I kind of got an ear for tones and, and sounds. I know my grandfather could play a lot of different instruments, and he didn't read music. So I mm. guess maybe I got his ear. You know, I guess I just hear. I, I've always been a kind of a mimic. And I can pick up on things and, and kind of imitate it. So um, I, I guess if my wife doesn't think that's a talent, but um, <laughs> I, try to, <laughs> I, I try to do my best. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I ran mine out of my office this morning, and I've gotten to where – lately anytime she comes down i grab a turkey call and start running it and she'll she'll only be in the office for about three or four seconds and she's gone so yeah i tell you my, my wife has uh she's heard every kind of animal sound in and everything you can imagine she's been great um but i told somebody i i can cluck one time and she she can hear better than a gobbler i tell you that <laughs> <laughs> Do you prefer, if you could only take one type of call, would you take a diaphragm or a trumpet in the woods with you to turkey call? Trumpet. Trumpet. I, I take a trumpet. I I pretty much only hunt with a trumpet. I do carry a tube call, and um, and I always carry the tube call, even when I diaphragm called. But I got bit by the trumpet bug, I guess, years ago when I— Kerry Terrell, my buddy in Georgia, he tried to get me to to run a trumpet years ago, and I just didn't think I had any use for a trumpet. And um, and finally, the the champion of champions, NWTF 
had to champion a champions contest and I entered that and I, I ended up having to learn to run a trumpet and I kind of, I kind of got obsessed with it and tried to get better and better. And, um, since then I've kind of only hunted with trumpets. I, that's just something I really enjoy doing. I still run diaphragms from time to time, but when I'm hunting, I pretty much, and a, a tube call is, complements a trumpet so well because you can run a tube loud you can gobble on a tube it kind of will do everything that maybe the trumpet won't do but as far as realism and tone and just pure turkey i i really like a trumpet and you know a lot of a lot of people think you know trumpet doesn't sound that realistic but if you get off from it um in, in the woods if you get a ways from it it, it sounds like a turkey, and of course a box call is similar. You know, a box call sounds a little squeaky up close, but you get a hundred yards from it, and it's it's all turkey. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I, you know, I didn't even really start running a trumpet until about, I guess, about two years ago, and I have just been blown away with obviously what you said and how realistic sounding it is. And what I typically do, I'll put a a recorder out you know 30 or 40 yards from me and get in the woods not my backyard because i don't have very many woods i do have some but I actually get in the woods in the area that i'm hunting and run that and it's unreal as to how realistic that is but also it's mind-blowing as to how far the sound carries with that trumpet you know and, and the old what i used to see what you know walking around the nwtf convention or really anywhere i would see the old timers with trumpets around their neck on a lanyard and you know to me it was that old timey turkey call you know just in my head and you know anytime i would talk to somebody about it they would say oh you can get so quiet on this call you know and they would they would covered up and tone it down you know the volume would be real low look listen how quiet it is but my gosh you can reach out and touch them with a trumpet call well yeah um a trumpet it it's, it's not that it's loud because i can call right beside you and and it's not it doesn't blow you right out it's not yeah. hurting your ears but the, the way the sound is it carries and you know it's a directional call too so, you know, when you want to holler at somebody or get somebody's attention at a distance, the first thing you do is cup your hands over your your mouth to direct the sound towards them. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that works. And a trumpet is the same way. A trumpet directs the sound at in, in, a, in a direction. Not saying you can't hear it all the way around, but those sound waves will travel more in a directional form than, say, a diaphragm or or any other call, a box call, you know, which is the sound waves are going all around it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a scientist by any means, but I've done some studies on it and, and you can hear it a lot farther than you realize. And it's amazing to me, two, two people has really changed the way that I think about that. It's Carrie Terrell, who, who got me interested in calling with a trumpet and, and Mr. Zach Farmer, who's probably had more influence on trumpets than anybody that I know probably since Tom Turpin. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, trumpet callers, but 
um, he he really changed the way I thought about trumpets and the sounds that that I found that you could get from a trumpet. And um, you know, being a directional call, I, I noticed that I can change. Uh, a turkey you know if i got a turkey coming especially if i'm guiding somebody and that turkey's coming on the wrong side or or even if i'm you know hunting myself and he's coming up on my off side i can turn my head and i can throw that sound a little more so than you know you can do it with a diaphragm to a certain extent by putting your hand up i've done that too but mm-hmm. a trumpet just seems to do it so much better and you can you can get really soft and realistic with with it and change that sound and and almost almost make it sound like you're somewhere you're not and i've had birds hang up now i will say I, i've had less birds hang up with a trumpet than i have with other calls and i don't know why that is but i can turn around and i can I can call in the other direction and it it sounds like the hen's going away and i think mm-hmm. that it it changes his mind you know that maybe she's leaving or walking away so he he kind of comes on in to catch up yeah yeah it's i've yet to call a bird in just with a trumpet i've located them with that but you know i i I, up until this year i think i've lacked the confidence to to just go into the woods with a trumpet only but i'm a i'm changing that so i'm I'm going to get in the woods this year with nothing. I mean, obviously I'm going to take crow call and, you know, I'll take my owl hooter with me wherever I go, but you know, I'll, I'll have my locator calls with me, probably take a, uh, box call to gobble with, or my little gobble tube that I have. But, um, that's one of my goals for this turkey season is to call a bird in just from basically from start to finish with a trumpet. I think that's, what's going to help me get pushed over the edge with the confidence part. So. Well, yeah, I mean, it. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna find that 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 you'll do fine. That one one trick is, and it's a lot like running a a pot call or something where you you know you you gotta at some point put it down and put your hand on your gun. But I try to keep mine on a short lanyard and I keep it so that I can keep. I, I always keep my left hand up on my forearm and then I, I'll use my right my trigger hand and I kind of come up under the stop, and I call with one hand when the bird gets in close. And I can kind of just kind of drop that trumpet, and it doesn't fall down and hit anything. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's just on a real short, as, as short as will go over my head, and then I can ease my hand up. And, um, you know, I've been busted a couple times where, you know, trying to get my hand up. But most of the time, if you – if you really watch it and he goes behind a tree or whatever, you can do it. It just takes a little bit more effort. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think I'm, you know, probably on the more conservative side when it comes to um, the amount of calling anyway. One of the yeah. older, actually, I guess really the only older guy that gave me any instruction when I was learning how to hunt told me when you call, and that gobbler's say within a hundred yards and he answers you, put your call down and get your gun up. You've done what you need to do. And now that's not, we know that's not always the case, but a lot of times it is. And I think that that just stuck with me. And, you know, because of that, I am, when I know a bird 
is coming towards me, I'm done. I'm through calling, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't know that I'm gonna have a real hard time with, with, with that movement and putting that call, you know, that trumpet call down when it comes time. Yeah. There's no need calling to a bird that's coming and he knows where you are anyway. Um, so, you know, worst thing you could do is call and him hang up because you know if he misjudges you distance wise just a little bit you know he'll be he'll be right up on you i don't i don't call any more than i have to sometimes they they get just out of range and and hang up and you may have to you know persuade him a little bit i I call really soft and i think that the softer you can learn to call with a trumpet the the better off you are because you can always get loud but getting getting that soft real soft stuff out of a trumpet it, it just does something to a turkey that's for sure yeah well that's that's the hardest part of a trumpet it i is. mean it's easy to get one and smack on it and get it screaming you know <laughs> but yeah, getting that right. soft stuff is is really hard it, it is it takes a lot of practice and and um you know i i sit there a lot you know I, especially in my truck or you know, anytime I can just sit around and try to just see how soft I can run it. Now, I've been accused of calling loud and, you know, aggressive, and I guess I do from time to time, but I think you'll kill more birds with that soft stuff. I mean, you got listen to what turkeys do. Hen turkeys are always making some kind of noise, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is just a little subtle stuff, and um, that, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. That's very true. What would you say is probably the number one mistake that people make when they pick up a trumpet and are trying to learn it? What, what, and maybe not a mistake, but what's, what, if it's not the number one mistake, what is the number one tip you would give to someone who's trying to learn the trumpet? I think the way you pull the air is one of the biggest things to it if you smack on it kiss on it you know suck on it with your lips a lot of times that's hard to do softly Mm -hmm. so i I pull my air from from my throat and try to try to 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 start softer and learn to get your lip stop adjusted for you a lot of times people don't know where to adjust their lip stop so you know it just experiment with it and try to get it in the right spot. Sometimes people just don't realize their, their call is not set up for them. You know, once you get really good at running a trumpet, you don't necessarily have to have a lip stop. But when you're starting, I think it makes a big difference so that you can get that consistency and, and learn to pull that air through there. Um, a lot of people get kind of caught up on on how you hold your hands and you do some, every call's different. Some calls require a little more back pressure and it may need to be closed off a little more. Some calls, you know, my calls are kind of set up so that they'll, they'll run with one hand or two hands, no back pressure or back pressure. Um, so, but it depends on the call. Every, every trumpet's a little different and you just got to learn it. Another thing I would say is stick with a trumpet. Get a good trumpet and stick with it. Learn that trumpet. A lot of times people pick one up and they don't like the sound of it and they try another one and then another one and then you never really learn it. 
it needs to be familiar to you. You need to learn how it how the air flows through it. I mean, it's a musical instrument, and you just got to learn to play it and learn. And people give up too quick. I think it takes a lot of practice to run a trumpet and run it, you know, effectively. Um, so, you know, learning that air and a lot of practice, um, that's, the, that's the only thing. I mean, there's no substitute for hard work. That's just it. There's no doubt about that. No doubt about it. I'm sure you've got a trumpet close by. Are you deep in the woods where you don't want to run a call right now, or can you run run one for us a little bit? Well, I just happen to have one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll run it a little bit. Um, I don't know how it's going to sound. It's It never yeah. sounds great over the phone, but it, it'll be, trust me, you running a trumpet over the telephone is going to be me better than me running one in person that's what i was gonna say <laughs> all right well i'll just i'll just do some soft yelps and clucks and okay. uh, maybe maybe it'll come through okay okay i heard two different turkeys then so you had a you have a pet hen with you and then that was you running the call too (laughs) no i just i did two different hens sorry i couldn't hear you from all the goblin going on outside my house (laughs) (laughs) man even through the phone that's every time i hear you calling that thing it, it drops my jaw i swear it's just unbelievable well, I appreciate that. I I still uh I still feel like I got a long way to go and I I always I never stop practicing, that's for sure. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and you rated yourself what a, a 2 out of 10 on calling? Is that right? <laughs> Let me tell you my theory on turkey calling. I think that we sound somewhat like a turkey, but when it comes to sounding like a real wild turkey, it, it's, you know, I I put me at a 2. I it's there's no 10 and uh there's probably no eights but uh, there's some really good callers but uh you can always tell a real wild turkey and we we do a good job at trying to imitate them but uh man there's no substitute for the real thing i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna end up having to to bleep myself out but if you're the judge in the calling contest and and you rate yourself a two there's no way in I'm competing in that calling contest. I will promise you that. <laughs> I, I will not even fill out an entry form. I won't even pick one up. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the man that's won. And, and look, you know, I, I think if you were to get on, come on the show and say, yeah, I'm, I think I'm a 10 out of 10. You know, there'd be yeah. a lot of, uh, and look, in my book, you're as close to a 10 in, in turkey calling as, as I've ever heard. But if you had said you were a 10 out of 10, a lot of eyeballs would have rolled. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I I totally get the humility part of it. But with you, and 
really all these competition callers, even today, are the same way. They're, you're always striving to be better and better and better, and you're always practicing at it. And that proves that none of you think you're 10 out of 10s. Well, I think the more that you learn about wild turkey vocabulary and, and wild turkey language, I, I think, you know, you got to realize that, that we're, we're just scratching the surface. I mean, we're, you know, there's a lot of really good callers, but a, a real wild turkey has just got, I mean, you, you got that chesty, nasally sound that, that, mm-hmm. that sounds like it's coming from deep within them. And it's really hard to imitate. And you can always tell a real turkey, you know, um, and, and a real wild turkey may not win a contest. I mean, that's just the way it is, but mm-hmm. um, it should. I mean, it should win every time. Um, but I think that, you know, we, we try to do the best we can at, at imitating it. Um, but it's a it's a complex sound. And uh, I think Archibald Rutledge said, you know, when it comes to turkey hunting, you know, he's still in kindergarten, and I feel the same way. I just think that, you know, there's a lot to learn and, you know, I I do the best I can do and I always strive to do better, but I don't think I'm close as far as the real thing. Well, that's. And one thing, you know, I heard you the first time three or four years ago at NWTF, I think on that trumpet. And I thought, man, he has mastered the trumpet. Like he's got it. And then this year at the NWTF, you pull out a tube call and I was like, good gosh, he sounds just as good on the tube call. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you have multiple uh, options, I guess, to, to make different hand sounds that, that tube call, I mean, the, especially the Jake calcs and gobbles you did on that thing. Oh my gosh, those were just impeccable in my opinion. Well, you know, I, I I learned a lot of that from from Harold Knight, and um, you know, being being on Knight and Hill Pro Staff for many years and hunting with Harold and being around him and David, um, you know, I learned a lot of that stuff setting up tube calls and running tube calls and i've been doing all that stuff a long time and um there again i'm still you know harold harold will tell you that you know he 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 still practices and uh you know he doesn't have anything to prove that's for sure but um i i developed the new tube call it's not new i mean it's you know tube call's been around a long time harold was selling tube calls and 1970 i think but i come out with a tube and i don't use a lip stop it's a little different a little harder to run for some people but it you kind of learn it but um i got i i gave one to harold and you know he kind of wasn't sure about it and he started running and i think he really likes it now and i mean he's he can run it like crazy but um he's teaching me more about how to goose call on a tube you know harold (laughs) won the he won the world goose calling contest in um I think 1979 with a tube call and, um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just phenomenal on it. And, uh, that's something I've been working on is pretty difficult, but, um, you know, I'll try to learn as much as I can from him for sure. Yeah. So you guys yeah. were doing some goose calling with those tubes at the end of that seminar that you did yeah. at NWTF. And it that was, was crazy. Yeah. I, I just happened to step outside to go take something out to my truck and there was like eight flocks of geese circling the, <laughs> the 
convention <laughs> center right. over there. So yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I bought one of those tube calls. I know if you want to tell folks about it, the the ones you've developed that are for the KT team. I bought one of those at the NWTF convention. I played it on this show actually a couple shows ago and had some interest in it. But it's really good, even. And I, I mean, I'm not anywhere near good on a tube call yet, but I can hear the turkey in it. I just have to release her. Well, the the, the thing is, is you know, the, the tubes don't have a lip stop, and that that makes it a little a little harder to learn, but it makes it a lot more versatile. It gives you a mm-hmm. lot more ability to make different sounds and and make. Um, I, I think you can get more turkey out of it. Um, it it doesn't limit you, but yeah. When I when I developed those calls, I wanted to to help the KT team. For those that don't know, the KT team is is it was named for Kerry Terrell, who was my two man team partner, longtime friend in Georgia. And he's got a friend, Jason Beard, who is paralyzed from the neck down. And Kerry started taking him hunting, and and they started killing a bunch of turkeys. And Jason wanted to start that organization, and it's just all about getting. You know, people who don't have the ability to get in the woods that just need a little bit more help to get them out and get them hunting. And it's a great organization. So that's that's where to get those tubes. You go to the ktteam.org. The tubes are available on there, and it, it just helps them and helps helps get some people in the woods that, that just need a little bit of extra help. Jason's been an inspiration to me for sure, and, and, and Carrie, Carrie has... Uh, I mean, it's it's just amazing what what those guys have done, and this organization's doing doing great things. I I try to go down and hunt with them. They bring a bunch of folks in, and um, it's very it, it really makes you appreciate just going hunting. You know how how blessed we all are to to be able to go and and not need some some help. Yeah, that is so yeah. true. So true. I mean, we. You know, things get us down during the day, during the course of a day or during the course of a week, and we think we got it bad. And, man, I mean, just the things that we do that we take for granted or, uh, you know, it, it takes going and, and going out and hunting with someone that needs help is very eye-opening, you know, and, and sometimes it that's what it takes for us to to realize how blessed we really are to to be able to do it with without any help absolutely absolutely and it you know to see the smile on their face when just hearing a turkey gobble and being out in yeah. the woods you know not much less getting a turkey i mean uh carrie and i took a guy this past turkey season that you know a lot of times it's it's hard to get in position and get where you need to get and you know just all the little things that you don't really think about and we got a bird in there and he actually pulled the trigger with a string in his mouth and killed killed the turkey and made a great shot and man i don't i don't know who was more excited him or harry and i for sure (laughs) oh yeah 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 that's awesome i'm i'm involved in a similar organization called hope outdoors and it's pretty pretty similar taking disabled folks and it makes you they're so grateful for just like the hunt camp experience of like hanging out with a bunch of guys going out hunting and coming back to lunch you know it makes you appreciate that part of it too a lot more in my in my experience and and you're right when 
I took a guy and he killed his turkey, and I'm pretty sure I was on that turkey before it hit the ground. I mean, it, he wasn't getting away, you know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went tearing out the front of the blind. <laughs> you ran out there and caught the wad before it hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I was chasing pellets after that turkey. He was going down. I, we didn't find any pellets in him, actually. I just caught him, you know, but it, it is, it is amazing. And if, if anybody listening hasn't gotten involved with an organization like the KT team or something, you might check it out. It, it, I promise you, you'll get more out of it than the people you take. Yeah. You know, you asked me about traveling and killing grand slams and stuff. And, you know, I'd rather spend my vacation watching somebody who really appreciates killing a turkey that means so much to them like that mm-hmm. than, than me running around trying to, you know, to, to kill a different bird. That's just, that's just me, but that that's what I enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing that's awesome. That. Not at all. Man, this has been fun. I've been wanting to have you on the show. An hour has gone by and it seems like it's been 10 minutes. So, well, I've enjoyed it too. I appreciate y'all having me on for sure. Well, I, I hope we can get you back on sometime soon. I hope we didn't scare you too bad. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, hope Josie yeah. didn't yell at you too bad. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Josie no, didn't. I, I think he may be thinking these two yahoos don't know anything. I'm I'm not going on that show. Again. <laughs> well, if he went, He'd if he went right. turkey hunting with us, his suspicions would be confirmed. <laughs> confirm <yeah>. it, wouldn't <laughs> it? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, Mark, seriously, thank you so much for joining us. I really enjoyed it. I, I've enjoyed your talks at the nwtf the two times i've seen them and i just really enjoy speaking with you about turkeys and your outlook on things is pretty awesome well i appreciate that um i guess we're all pretty like-minded on those things i, I enjoy you know nwtf like a family reunion i get to see all my my friends that and that are like family that are all over the country and you know after you compete with guys for years and years and years you you get to be like family and uh it's always a good time for sure yeah it is a lot of fun and man i just thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this year's show you know after not getting to see folks for a couple of years because it was what february of 2020 was the last one so you know it had been two years since i'd seen a lot of people and it just was awesome being able to catch up with with a lot of those folks i hadn't seen in a while and you know be around them it was just this year's show for me was probably the most enjoyable out of all of them that i've been to so totally understand what you're saying yeah for sure i enjoy that and and unicoi for sure that unicoi is a great show also yeah you can't even bring that up now i'm gonna be walking around the rest of the day with a smile on my face talking about unicoi I love that well, show. Yeah. I mean, I I love NWTF. Don't get me wrong. I love going to Unicoi. It's just, just well, so much fun to me. I guess other than callers, my my other favorite group is uh, call makers, and because I enjoy call making, and um, there again, a lot of like minded people, and we always have such a good time, and um, it's it's a uh, just a great event, and. Uh, a great group of people. Mark Sharp and all those guys just they do a fantastic job of putting that thing together and um it's just an awesome time. It is that 
for sure. I'm going to try not to talk about it too much because if I do, then Cameron will show up next year and we can't, I can't have him doing that. <laughs> It'll be ruined forever. It will. Yeah. Sure will. But man, Mark, again, thank you. This has been a lot of fun and, and we certainly want to get you back on sometime. I think we could ask you another 30 or 40 questions about tubes and trumpets and probably still not even have scratched the surface on what you know about them and you know we could do several more shows on that i'm sure but you know i, I want to be respectful of your time and get you back out in the woods doing some scouting i think you you got a a youth you're taking tomorrow oh uh, yeah i think so um Good. just trying to trying to figure out where the birds are and try to get them get them in the right spot yes indeed Good deal. We'll get one roosted for a youngster this afternoon, and good luck tomorrow. I hope you have yeah, a, good luck. a great season and, and stay safe out there as well. Well, same to y'all, and thanks again for having me on. Thank you. Man, I enjoyed listening to that one. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed getting to meet Josie and yeah. the, oh, I don't know, 40 or 50 or 100 tips that Mark threw out during all of that because there was some good stuff in there so oh yeah if you're a trumpet aficionado i assume you enjoyed that episode i don't know how you could yeah well it was awesome and you know i i enjoyed the talk with mark he's just a super nice guy and you know one of these days like i said if i could just be a fraction as good as he is and and not just with a trumpet but all of them because he's unbelievable he has the ear for it he just has that ear for it yeah. It's pretty incredible. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it was pretty interesting, you know, because so many of those, so many of those competitive caller guys are, are musicians. You know, they play yeah. some sort of, or, or played some sort of an instrument at some point in their lifetime. And, you know, pretty interesting that a guy that can study the sounds of not just turkeys, but all sorts of critters can imitate them so well to win championships and calling contests. And he's not a musician other than with the instrument that he's using to do the calling with. So yeah, cool yeah. stuff, it's man. Pretty neat stuff. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Yes. And yeah. Another great one. We, yeah. we are blessed with some good guests, man. That's well, all I can say. I'll say this. I think the sport of turkey hunting is blessed with some really, really good people. And that is very true. You know, that helps us be able to get good people because there's just a handful of buttholes out there. Or guys beating them with pans. Or guys <laughs> beating them with the copper chef pan. <laughs> On the opposite end of the spectrum. If anybody knows that guy, please... Send us his contact info. We want the story on this show. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> I used your line from last week. There you go. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Well, I have a favor for the favor right, of the week. I don't believe that I have been tagged on a single dead turkey pick on social media. So, you know, maybe it's a little self-serving, but I'm going to say tag Cameron as well. Tag us. If you're smacking turkeys in Mississippi or what at Florida or Hawaii or any other state, tag us. Yeah. I love yeah. to see a smiling hunter behind a turkey that has breathed his last. As long as it's not in the state of Alabama or any of the other states I'm going to this year. <laughs> 
I've been saying hey. all along, I'm selfish. I've been saying it all along. I'm not hiding it anymore. Hey, you, you have to be in the sport yeah. to some degree. You have to be. So it's, You're not a selfish person overall in life, but you're when it comes to turkeys, on. you got to be. Yeah. So, so. That, that's good stuff. I was going to give everyone an update on my my save the pulse count. Yeah, please do. So we are at, on the homelands, 41 raccoons, 9 possums, and 1 Boone and Crockett rat. <laughs> so that puts us at 51 predators. No more B and C rats, huh? Just that one. No, just the one booner for the rats. But, you know, for anybody in Tennessee, I was given this knowledge. So I applied for a permit to continue trapping on private land for raccoons this year hmm. after our trapping season. I got the permit, but then the game warden called me and said, hey, you don't even need that to trap your own private land. Really? Yes. So if you will look up, if you're a Tennessean and you're wanting to continue trapping, look up TCA 70-4-115. And there you go. You can read that. Basically, if you are the landowner or blood relative of the landowner and you deem that that animal is destroying or disturbing your property, you have every right to get rid of it. Hmm. And so that works for small, not, you can't do that with deer or <laughs> you can't be like, oh, the deer are eating my corn. I'm going to go kill them year round. But yeah. it does work for raccoons. And I talked the game warden called me and said, hey, you don't need this depredation permit. This gives you the right to do it. So might Google that, folks, if you're wanting to continue trapping. Because from what I understand, if you can trap during the same season the hens are nesting, really can help. And that just makes sense. Well, I want to remind everyone who lives and hunts in Alabama that there is no closed season for coyote, raccoon, or possum. No closed trapping season for coyote, raccoon, or possum. Now, good good deal. There is a closed or an actual season for bobcat, huh. and it's over. I'm getting some serious bobcat pictures on one of my trail cameras. Also, I want to remind everyone in Alabama of a little known law that, you know, doing this might keep you out of trouble, but if you trap or shoot a bobcat, you are required to have that bobcat tagged by a representative of the Wildlife and Freshwater Fisheries Division within 14 days of harvest. Oh, did not know that. Or if you're going to leave it with a taxidermist, you, you leave it with a completed tagging form, and then the taxidermist will call and have the bobcat tagged within 14 days of his receipt or her receipt of that bobcat. So... That's bobcat only. Well, actually, I, I shouldn't say that. Otter as well. But you don't. Maybe you are trapping or shooting otters who are, you know, tearing up turkey nest. I don't know. They'll eat fish. Why wouldn't they eat a turkey nest if they stumbled across one? But trap, trap, yes. trap, and more yeah. trap. I'm telling you, if you are doing it and your neighbor's doing it, and two properties over, you have a neighbor that's doing it. It's making a difference. So, yeah, I'm, I'm doing all I can on, on what lands I have. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm just we'll about see. to start because 
I can actually manage a trap line on a day-to-day basis now. Whereas yeah, beforehand, that is very true. not driving two hours to run a trap line and spend, I don't know how much of Uncle Joe's gas. Yeah. So anyway, but I'll be doing that it now. Is, that is very true. Well, good deal. And yeah, so if, if you're in Tennessee and you got your bottom lip poked out because you think you can't keep trapping, you got some private land, look that up talk to your local game warden if it makes you feel better but my county game warden literally called me and told me here's the law go get them destroy them any way you want to i said okay (laughs) will do i don't like it (laughs) yeah don't don't tempt me with a good time (laughs) (laughs) it is fun isn't it oh yeah i mean it's okay like I, i don't particularly like love shooting animals in traps it doesn't exactly get my blood going but i feel like i'm helping and so i like that feeling yeah and i mean they're just there's there's too many of them now like you can obviously tell there's i've caught 50 or killed 51 and that's not on that much acreage like really i don't even know maybe 100 acres yeah it's, it's stupid there's so many yeah. That and they're still there, like they're moving in again. So I got, I got to get them again. I got to reset after this rain. So it's just, you know, keep knocking them back. Though, from what I've heard, if you can, you know, it's not like you're gonna get them all and never have a raccoon on your property again. But if you can create a void right when the hens are putting those eggs down, you make a difference that way. That makes sense to me. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So get after them, boys get them all do what andy said tag us in your trapping photos hunting photos turkey photos give us a tag and we'd love to see it might give you a shout out on the show you never know and i hope you guys enjoyed it yes indeed get out and enjoy the the great outdoors with somebody that means something to you absolutely wrap us up Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. She's alive. Alive. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.